right. Praise God for another Sunday morning. We are here. It is uh, December 5th, uh, 2021. We thank God that we are here to share his word, that we're here to explore his word. We're here to get uh, to be made better by his word, because that's what his word will do. If you'll let him, he will actually change you. He'll change me, make me better than what I was, you better than what you were. And and that's a good thing. There's a lot of things um, that <clears throat> in us that needs to be uh, changed um, that can use some sprucing up or some working on just on a daily basis. And, um, and, and it can be difficult. If we just put it uh, bluntly and plainly, it can be difficult um, to uh, make all the necessary changes, but that's why God gives us the Holy Ghost. Uh, if you have not received the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost, amen, because it is through the Holy Ghost, God himself, okay, when we talk about the Holy Ghost, I want you to get confused and start thinking that we're talking about uh, another God or a separate member um, of a God council. No, the Bible is very plain. Um, Deuteronomy 6 and 4 teaches us very plainly that God is one. And we must not walk away from the scripture um, teaching things that are um, that have never been taught. Amen. The apostles never taught that God was more than one. The prophets never taught that God was more than one. Priests, they didn't teach that God was more than one. God has never in scripture been taught as more than one. Um, that's a that's a misunderstanding and a misinterpretation that we have come away with um, centuries um, after um the uh, ascension of Jesus uh, Christ. Amen. We, we want, we, 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 we've gotten a lot of it twisted. There is only one God, beloved. There's only one God. Matter of fact, it's so, this is so much the, the, the truth. The Bible even teaches us that, that, <laughs> that even the, even demons and devils know they even, they, even they know that God is one. So we, we don't want to come away with anything other than that. Um, God is um, by his Holy Spirit, um, which um, he gives to us his very own spirit. Well, he gives that to us so that we'll have the strength to be able to do what's in the scripture. Without the aid of the Holy Ghost, you and I will only ever get so far. It just doesn't work um, without the spirit of God. That's the whole salvation packaged or process involves that it culminates in him giving you the spirit baptism has two sides there's the water aspect or the water side and then there is the spirit side amen these two together are uh, constitute baptism amen for purposes of understanding when we talk about these things we refer to these things separate we refer to it as the water baptism and then we refer to it as the spirit baptism as if they are just these total independent baptisms, but in truth, that that's for our understanding. Okay, that we because we we do better when we kind of separate things, and um, and and it's easier for us to take it in pieces. But the reality is, is that there is own that is that baptism has two sides. There's really only one baptism, but it has two sides. It has the water side and it has the spirit side. Okay, so then baptism is not complete until you get both sides amen now the water aspect is what we can we we're able to partner in that that's what we've been told to do that's what we 
undertake by way of obedience, okay? Baptism, when we engage in baptism, that is a work of faith, amen? There are just works, and then there are works of faith. You need to understand there's two different, there's different types of, 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 of works, okay? Works of faith are those things that we do in obedience to the word of God, amen? Works is just stuff that you're doing just to be doing it for whatever reason. But works of faith, that's the works that you are doing inspired and prompted by and instructed by the word of God, amen. And so with baptism, we have a component where there is a work of faith that must take place. What do you mean? I must be obedient, okay? It starts with the repentance process, got to repent of my sin, got to, got to get all that, got to get all that out. Got to take care of all that. Got to change my direction because that's what repentance is, turning away from my sin and turning towards God, truly repent, okay? And then I've got to be obedient to the command. Bible says, them that believe, baptize them, amen. And so we baptize them, all right? When we get baptized, the Bible teaches very, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, that wasn't telling you to go baptize in three different titles. That's not what they're saying. The Bible says, in the name of, the name singular, meaning that that the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost has a there is a name, and the Bible teaches that the only name authorized for salvation to be used in salvation, the only name by which it, we we must be saved is the name of Jesus. Amen. So when he says baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, he wasn't telling you to go baptize in 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 this triune fashion. No, no, no. There's no such thing as that. Okay. There's no such thing as that. And to make and, and to prove that, all you have to do is go to the book of Acts, which, which catalogs the early history of the church during the time of the apostles. And when you go and find that, you will find that no apostle ever baptized anybody in the, in the titles of our Lord. Never. Amen. Amen. God has many names and many titles. But he has only authorized one name to be used in baptism. So we get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the proper way to be baptized. That is the only biblical way um, baptism was ever done. It was not done. It, it wasn't done outside of anything else. Amen. Amen. You didn't. That just didn't happen. And then the baptism, this whole process, all right? The salvation process was not considered complete until you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is just what it is. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. You can go read the scripture for yourself. We have got no need to make up anything. We, we won't do any of that. Why? Because there's a curse. The Bible says, don't take away from the word and don't you add to the word. He says the penalty of taking from the word and adding to the word is that your name get removed from the Lamb's book of life. You don't want that. I know I don't want that. So when I tell you these things, I got to be careful with what I'm saying. I got to make sure that what I'm telling you is what's in the word. This is why I don't care what, 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 what other churches and other people have been doing because they know we're going to go with what that word says. It does not matter to me if you've been, if, 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 look, I don't care if every, if, 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 if every church in my local vicinity, wherever that is, all do everything in the titles and everything. I'm not getting ready to do that at all. 
You better hear what I'm saying. You're going to have to give an account for what you do. And standing before the Lord talking about you did all this other stuff because that's what everybody else was doing. That's not going to fly. <laughs> Look, that's not going to fly. That is not going to fly. Because he gave you the word. He gave me the word. And you're responsible for reading it and, <clears throat> and learning it yourself. I've got no excuse to come up with something different than what the word says. And therefore, when I stand before God, I'm not going to get away with it. I am not going to get away with a thing that I have done of my own accord simply because somebody else was doing it. No, you can't do that, okay? So we, we got to be, you, 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 you've got to be baptized as that work of faith, amen, that, we, that he allows us to partner in by way of obedience. We hear the word and we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that he was born of a virgin. We believe that he lived among men and he wrought all manner of miracles. We, we, in other words, we believe in the life of Jesus Christ. We then believe in the death of Jesus Christ, that he was crucified on a cross, amen, paying the price for sins that he did not commit for your sins and for my sins. I'm preaching the gospel to somebody right now, in case you didn't know it, that's the gospel. And then the Bible teaches that he rose on the third day with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. Amen. Amen. And we believe that gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. 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 We believe that gospel. And so when we do that, amen, God begins to perform that circumcision. God begins to if, if if you could begins to drop the charges against me because I've come to him and I've been obedient and in that water that divine surgical process that is the circumcision of the heart begins performed by none other than who God himself. What's his name? Jesus. This is what the Bible teaches. We're not making any of this up. You can go ahead and read these. Read, read, you can read this stuff for yourself. It's all in there. It's all in there. And then he does something miraculous and wonderful. We are able to partner and to, and to, and to part, partner in the process, in the water aspect of baptism. But when it comes to the spirit side, Bible told the Lord told the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endowed. You got to wait. Amen. And Acts tells us very plainly that it was on the day of Pentecost when they were on one accord. They were in one place. Was it something special? Was it something special about Pentecost? No. What was special? They was on one accord. Oh, they were all sing they was all together singing kumbaya. No, that no. They was on one accord with God. They was in tune with God. They had their mind on spiritual things. And whenever your mind is on spiritual things, let me tell you right now, that is a that it that, listen, that is a territory, that is a place ripe for the falling of the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And that Holy Ghost fail. Glory to God. 
And when they got it, they knew it because they spoke in other tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance. That means they wasn't just talking because they wanted to. You don't just control tongues. It don't work like that. God got to give that to you. And it's, and, and, and he, and it's for all of us. These signs shall follow them that believe. Scripture goes on to talk about all the different things and notice that they shall speak in other tongues. Amen. Amen. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, according to the Bible, I'm not talking about somebody telling you, oh, well, you know, just raise your hand and bow your head and close your eyes and all this other kind of stuff. And just repeat this prayer after me and all this, and, and you'll be, that ain't in the word. You will never see nobody in scripture do that. So don't you settle for that. You want to get what God got for you the way it's lined up in the Bible. Glory to God. And if you have not received the spirit of God, according to the Bible, let me tell you right now, you need to receive that. That is your spiritual birthright. God has that for you. All you got to do is ask. Amen. And he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. How are you going to know when you get it? Because you're going to speak in other tongues. That's how you're going to know. That's how they knew. That's how we know. What am I doing when I'm speaking in tongues? Your, your spirit is praying. It's a prayer language. God literally gives you another way to pray. That's literally what he does. No smoke and mirrors or none of that other kind of stuff. No, 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 no. God gives you another way to pray. Amen. Glory to God. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Brothers and sisters, let's continue in our lesson. Um, we are in Psalms uh, 27. Um, the scripture says um, before us, a Psalm of David, starting at verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me in this, will I be confident? One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, Will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy? I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I see. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me 
in a plain path because of mine enemy. Amen. Um, may the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Let me go ahead and add verse number 12 in there, just in case we get to that. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Now, may the Lord have a blessing to those that read um, and hear and do his word. Um, we say it all the time. I'm going to keep on saying it. I told you I was going to keep on saying it. So I don't want you to be surprised when I, uh, when I say it. The blessing is in the obedience. So you've got to do what the word says. You're not really hearing God's word if you're not doing it. Okay. O obedience in scripture is synonymous with hearing. Amen. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Notice what he did. He tied love to a work of faith. And I, now I talked about that a little bit earlier when I was talking about baptism. And I was talking about how the water aspect of baptism is a work of faith. There are just works and then there are works of faith. And I described a little bit earlier that works of faith are those things that we do in response or in obedience to the word of God. Amen. 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 Works of faith, being obedient to the word of God, being obedient to the will of God. Amen. Amen. And that's something that we can never really, we can't minimize and we don't want to move past, okay? Because God, many times we get stuck because we hear the word of God and then we know what it says, but we somehow just start to wait for God to somehow like do it for us. As if we just wait, we waiting for the answer to just drop out of the sky. Many of us are neglecting the works of faith, which is synonymous with being obedient. The blessing family is in the obedience to the word of God. You're never going to get anywhere. I'm never going to get anywhere as long as I refuse or neglect to put into practice what is clearly instructed in the word of God. You just won't be blessed any other way. You got to do it God's way. And he wants you to do it his way. Amen. Amen. We um, are, when we look at verse number 11, verse number 11 in Psalms 27 says this, uh, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. And for the last two lessons, we've been talking about this uh, choosing a way, amen, or, 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 or this, the, this, the way of, of, of God, but mainly we've been talking about choosing a way. Okay. And, and there's a lot of good information, a lot of things that we've um, come away with as we talked about um, this, this scripture. Okay. Um, we learned that there are a lot of, there are many paths out there. Amen. There are many ways in this world. And we talked about how not all of the paths or all of the ways um, yield the same result. That's something that we um, that we talked about. We gave you a couple of scriptures to look at. We gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, and then we gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse um, 12. Okay, 
Paul is talking in these and both of these scriptures kind of echo the same language or the same thing because they're addressing the same comment or the, the, the same, I don't want to say the same comment, but they're addressing the same situation. And in um, starting with verse uh, with chapter six, verse 12, um, the Bible says all things are lawful for me are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And then 10 and 23 says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So you have two scriptures here where the apostle, by the permission of God Almighty, here is addressing and talking about something that's very critical. And what he's telling us is something that we need to understand, and we discussed in previous uh, in the previous two lessons about the the way we when we went as soon as we began to talk about how there are many different ways, we brought up this scripture set, and through this scripture set, what we learned is is that what the apostle was trying to tell us or get across to us amen is 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 that you while yes you have the right to choose whatever it is you want in life i have the right to make any kind of choice that i want it doesn't mean that the choice is going to yield good results or is going to be beneficial when the word says all things are lawful for me. That simply means that I have a right to choose whatever it is I want. I have a right to do what I want to do. That's literally what that, the, the, that's the crooks of what that means. When he goes further and then says, but all things are not expedient, expedient simply means advantage. It means that it doesn't get, it's not, it is, it's not an advantage unto you. Okay. It doesn't get you any further. You can make a, not all choices will get you further or cause you to gain ground in life. And then he says, um, um, but all things edify not. So not only do they not give you an advantage or move you further, but when we talk about edify, edify really just means to build up. So not only do some choices not put you further ahead, they also don't build you up as a person, okay? As an individual, they don't build you up. And so we saw these echoed, we saw this echoed again in chapter six, verse 12, but verse 12 in um, chapter six of first Corinthians, um, Paul adds another layer to it. Okay. Starts out the same. He says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Amen. So in the other scripture set, we learn that they don't, it doesn't edify. Okay. Okay. It doesn't, um, it, 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 it's lawful, amen, but it's not expedient, meaning it doesn't advance, it doesn't get me ahead any kind of way. And then I also learned in the other one that it doesn't edify, so it doesn't build me up as, as a person. But in verse, in 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, when Paul says, but I will not be brought under the power of enemy, any, what he did was, was that he revealed another effect or another possibility, okay? that can take place or happen as a response to some of the choices that we make. So not only can it not, can some choices not get me further ahead, and not only can some choices, amen, not build me up as a, as a person, but some choices also have the capability to bring me and you into bondage. And that's what he's talking about when he says, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, actions or choices have consequences. Amen. You're not going to get away from that. Okay. So these are things that we talked about. Okay. Um, we also learned that scripture commands us to choose. 
okay? But gives us cautions to be taken when we choose a path. So in other words, in other words, God wants us to choose, but he wants us to what? Choose wisely. Simple as that. And we talked about that. Now, some scriptures we gave for that, we, we gave to that is, is Proverbs 14 and 12. We gave Proverbs 16, 25, and then uh, Ecclesiasticus or Book of Sarah. This is chapter uh, verse 37, excuse me, chapter 37, verse 27 and 28. Amen. So we're encouraged to choose wisely. And the reason why is, is because what we learned is, is that there are ways that simply appeal to man. It means it appeals to your humanity. Okay. And it often seems like it's the right move. And, and, and if we were to just listen to our natural man or to our flesh, uh, it would seem like it feels, it feels a-okay, right? But Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Echoes again, Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. Amen. So we learned that there, there's a problem there. There are some problems. Now, if we add to that, um, uh, the book of Sarah, okay, or Ecclesiasticus 37, 27, 28, word of God says this, my son, prove thy soul in thy life and see what is evil for it and give not that unto it. Amen. In other words, pay attention, value your soul, pay attention to what's good and bad for you. And the things that are bad, literally the writer saying, don't give that to yourself. That's literally what he was saying. And I don't know how, how more plain you can make that. Verse 28 says, for all things are not profitable for all men. Neither hath every soul pleasure in everything. Can I choose whatever? Yes. Should I choose whatever? You better be careful. I better be careful. Amen. Because actions have consequences. Amen. Amen. There comes a time when you and I must choose, okay? We're encouraged to choose. And so the time of choosing eventually does come. There, we, we many times are, we have the opportunity to choose voluntarily and we can choose ahead of time. But, but many times in life, you come to stopping points or hard, or, or hard stops in life where you gotta make a decision. Sometimes we put off making a decision on which way we're going to go and what we're going to do. And we put it off for the, to the last minute or as long as possible. I'm guilty of that. I know that if you're listening to this, um, no matter where you are, when you listen to this or what time of day you listen to this, you, you're, you're a human just like me. And so you also have run into uh, the same situation. And if you haven't, you will run into this situation or this scenario, the scenario that, um, you know, that, that, um, that sometimes you have to choose. You've put off something or making a decision as long as you could. And then you finally get back into the corner or painted into the corner, however you want to say that you get into the position where it's finally time for you to make a decision. You can no longer put it off. Okay. And that, and, and, and there are points in life when you procrastinate, when I procrastinate, as it concerns making decisions in life, there eventually does come a point where I will no longer be able 
to put off making a choice. You're going to have to choose. Some of us need to understand that sometimes no choice is making a choice. And this is especially true when it comes to salvation. You and I only have so much time to get right with God. Now you can dilly dally and think that you have all the time in the world and every, this world and, 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 and this world makes it very easy to procrastinate because they make it seem like at every turn that you got time. But the truth is you don't. No man knows the day nor the hour. You don't know how much time you have yet. The scripture forever is forever settled. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment, we learn about that in the book of Hebrews. It is appointed. I hope you hear what I'm telling you. I'm saying you got a, you got a day of arraignment coming. You got a court date. You got a date. Where the books are going to be opened up. I got a date. I can live as recklessly as I want to. You can live as recklessly as you want to, trying to ignore and put off and pretend that there that 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 you got all the time in the world, but um, but you and I have better straighten up. We better settle down, get our head on right. And stop putting off for tomorrow what we plainly got time to do today. See, that book going to close. And it's going to be over. And all you're going to have is what you did. Because what you did in your life is certainly going to be the topic of discussion in that, listen, on that day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that day, you had better be covered by the blood of the lamb. You better be covered by the sacrifice of Jesus. You don't have forever. There comes a time when you and I must choose. I encourage you to choose now while you got a choice, while you can. Comes a time where you got to choose. Because no man can sit on the sidelines of life indefinitely. You can't procrastinate forever. You can't keep putting off things forever. No, it's nice sometimes to kind of pretend that nothing matters but right here and right now, this moment. Sometimes it feels good to kind of pretend that, but here's the reality of that. That has a place. It's okay to kind of enjoy a little bit of that after you've done your work, after you've done what you're supposed to do. After you've made the correct decision, those decisions that you need to make. The state of your soul is not a topic of discussion or a situation that you want to put off. 
you got to get that worked out. See, in this life, you're not just determining today. Listen to me. You are determining both today and tomorrow. See, there will always be a tomorrow. You need, but let me give you some context of what that means. That don't mean there will be a tomorrow for you on this side. There will be a tomorrow, however, on the other side. You don't know how many tomorrows you're going to have on this side. So you can't count on that. And what you do while you are here determines what your tomorrow on the other side is going to be. The one that is surely coming. And the question is, is that when my tomorrow comes, whether it's on this side or on the other side, when my tomorrow comes, will it come showing forth that I am covered in the blood of Jesus? What can wash us whiter than snow? Nothing but the blood. What can take away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Tomorrow's going to come, but are you going to be ready for it? I submit there's a whole lot of us, you're not ready for tomorrow, and it's on its way. It is on its way. Your last tomorrow is on its way. You better repent of your sins. You better stop trying to get away with stuff. You better turn away from your own understanding and start turning towards God. You better be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You better be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because if any of that is missing, you're not going to make it. I know that's hard. I know that's hard. And, and that go in the face of what uh, many of you who hear this have what you've been taught. I'm telling you right now, you've been taught wrong. You better follow that word. I got no incentive to try to build my own thing. I'm telling you what the word says. Your lamp has got to be full of oil, trimmed and burning bright. What that mean? That means you got to have everything done that God has assigned for you to do. As it has concerned your salvation. You better make sure that you get it the way the Bible shows it. Don't get saved the way everybody else is doing it. You better do what happened in that word. Acts chapter 2, if you don't know, 
Begin to read at verse 36 and just keep going, and you'll see exactly how they got it. When your tomorrow comes, listen, don't live like you won't have an arraignment day. We all going to stand before God. And I'm telling you right now, when that day comes, you better have a lawyer. You better have, don't go in there trying to represent yourself. You better have a lawyer. Word of God teaches us. That Jesus is our propitiation. He's our covering. He's our lawyer. When your tomorrow come, is he going to stand up and represent you? Is God going to say, but you know, you know what? Because <laughs> it's only one God. The one, listen. And I'm trying to tell you right now, the one who's going to judge you needs to be the one that's going to defend you on that day. We are going to be condemned by our word. But saved by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. You got to have all that worked out. Don't put that choice, the choice of, of the state of your soul off for days in the for days on this side. You don't know how many days you listen. All you know is, is that you are guaranteed a tomorrow on the other side, but you are not guaranteed a tomorrow on this side. But the problem is, is that your tomorrow what happens on the tomorrow on the guaranteed tomorrow the one on the other side that is determined by what you the choice that you make today the tomorrow on the other side is dictated by the choice you make today don't put that choice off for a another tomorrow on this side hold up you're not guaranteed another tomorrow on this side you're only guaranteed a tomorrow on that side, on the other side. And whether you're going to like it or not is determined by what you do today. No man can sit on the sidelines of life indefinitely trying to put off choices. I know, I know. We all are guilty of it, but it don't work. It doesn't work. Eventually comes down to the point where you do have to choose. Amen. Thus, because of this, God has set two ways before us. Amen. And let's talk about that. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want you to look at uh, verses 14 um, and we'll go through 19. Then we'll pick up Jeremiah 21 and 8 and then um, Joshua 24 and 15. Amen. Deuteronomy 30, chapter 14, I'm sorry, chapter 30, verse 14, begins like this. 
but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. I love that. The word is close to you. It's not far off. The will of God has been communicated to you. He said, the word is nigh unto thee. In thy mouth and in thy heart. In other words, he said, it's so, he, he, in other words, he said, the word of God, the instruction of God is so close. You already know it. You actually are, you, you are, you know what it says. And you know, in your heart is right. That's literally what he's talking about. That thou mayest do it. 15 says this, see, I have set before thee this day, watch this life and good and death and evil. Notice this is God talking. This is God speaking and telling us what he did. He said, I have set before thee this day, life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land, whether thou goest to possess it. Amen. But if thine heart, watch this, turn away. So that thou wilt not hear. This is of all you putting you putting off. Yo, you putting off yo today. What you can do today, because you 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 got it designated. You're gonna do it tomorrow, and you're not promised it tomorrow on this side. This is for all of you. You better listen up. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear. And remember, hearing in Scripture is synonymous with obedience. If you are not doing. What God said, you are not hearing him. Amen. But if thy heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. Now, worshiping other gods and serving them, that don't necessarily mean that you just got this little idol, a little statue, and you're doing that. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. That can be done at that idolatry. That can be done as simply as simply worshiping your own ideas, getting caught up in what you want to do. Believe in your own press. No, you don't have to go, <laughs> no, go cut down a tree and carve out a little statue or whatever. No. No. You can worship at the altar of your own ideas. Getting caught up in yourself. I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish. God is not playing. And that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land. This is why some of us aren't lasting that long on this side because you got that sin and you just won't abandon it. You just won't let it go. And sin has the ability to shorten your lifespan. 
A lot of people don't know that. But it does. I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land. Whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. You want to live long. You want to be able to do it. God said, but as long as you got that sin, you, you messing up. You short-circuiting the time that you have. Amen. Verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, to record against this, against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now watch this. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So he says, I put, I put a choice before you. You got a path. Remember what I told you. God has set two ways before us. And in this scripture set, we just learned about the way that he set before us. Life and death. One is the, is the, is <laughs> the way of life includes the blessing of thou. The way of death is synonymous with the cursing of God. But look at God's will. God says, I, you got choices. It's all before you. You can choose whatever it is that you want. But if you choose wrongly, there are consequences. And then he concludes it by telling you very plainly what his desire is for your choice. And you read that in verse 19. He says, therefore, choose life. He said, I've set two ways before you. You got multiple things that you can choose. But I'm telling you what to choose. In case you don't know, I am telling you what my preference is for you. I don't want you to have to be cursed. I don't want you to have to, to, to deal with all of these other unnecessary things. Choose life. Look at Jeremiah 21 and 8 says this, but unto this people thou shalt say. He's talking to Jeremiah, giving him his command, telling him what he wants him to tell the southern kingdom. The kingdom of Judah. And unto this people thou shalt say, thus saith the Lord, behold, I have set before you the way of life and the way of death. And then Joshua 24, 15 rounds it all out. See, it's like this. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. 
whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, as for me and everything that pertains to me, as for me, in other words, and the way that I choose to live, who I choose to be, the direction I choose to go in. He says, we will serve the Lord. Me and everything that pertains to me. We will serve the Lord. And as I said, there comes a time where you have to choose. Deuteronomy and Jeremiah show us that there show us that there are two paths. There is a way of life and there's a way of death. We're also instructed and shown that although we have multiple paths and we have the freedom to choose any of those paths, God makes it very plainly what his will or his preference would be in our choice. He said, choose life. We read that in Deuteronomy 30, and that was verse 19. But then when we get to Joshua, knowing now that we've got these, this path before us, these paths, these ways before us, and now that we're armed with knowledge of what God's preference is, Ain't no need to say, I don't know what God's will is on this. There's no need to say, I don't know what God wants me to do. There's no need to say and conclude, I'm just trying to figure out what God wants. He's made it plain. My goodness, he started out in verse 14 telling you, but the word is very nigh thee. Nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. Say, you already got it. I'm already telling you. You already know. You're not going to get away with the excuse of I don't know. You already know. You absolutely already know. You know what God would have you do. And in case you just don't get it, and in case you haven't, you, you're struggling with figuring it out, again, verse 19, Deuteronomy chapter 30 choose life. That's what he says. Choose the way of life. So you have, you come to a point where you have to choose. I come to a place where I have to choose. Now let's talk a little bit about death for a moment in the scripture. So death, because we've got the way of life and then we've got the way of death. There are multiple types of death referenced in the scripture, okay? It, it really just kind of depends on the context um, in which you're dealing with or what the scripture is dealing with, okay? Most of the time, it, most of the time it, it comes down to the context in which it's being discussed in order for you to uh, be able to figure out and see what type of death is being referred to, okay? There are multiple types of, 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 of death. Okay, in 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 scripture, because um, it there's many different things that that 
that can die. Okay, you can be talk about death in the state in as it refers to a relationship or this or that. It can be many different areas in which death can be experienced. Okay, and so yes, again, it does kind of depend on the context of the scripture to kind of know what flavor is being uh, referenced there. However, there are only two types. Um, um, there are only two types of death when you are talking about death as a state of finality, okay? So there's many different types of death in the scripture, different things that can, can die, okay? Um, or things that can, areas that can you can experience, that um, death can be experienced in. But when you start talking about death in terms of it being um, being the ultimate finality or the, 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 you know, the ultimate final state, so to speak. When you start talking about death in that regard, then there are only two types in scripture, okay? There's physical or natural death, okay? This is what would be referred to as or be considered the first death, okay? That's the body that we live in, okay? And unless, um, and unless one is present, at the time of the rapture, okay, this catching away, unless we are alive, a person is alive, okay, during the rapture, meaning they have not passed away, their physical body has not died, okay, outside of that scenario, okay, all humanity will experience the first death, okay, the only ones that's not going to go through that are the ones that happen to be alive at the time of the rapture. Okay, that person will never have laid in a coffin or anything like that. So they won't, they, that, that won't take place. But outside of that, all humanity, okay, will experience physical or natural death. The first death. Then there is the second death. There is spiritual or soul death, okay? This is the second death, okay? This is the second type of death, and it is the second death. This particular death, okay, is not automatic for everyone. In other words, the second death is not for everyone. It is reserved for those who are sentenced during judgment, okay? And for that, look at Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15, amen. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, who from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Amen. This is those, we're talking about those folks who experienced that first death, the natural death. You understand? Amen. And the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. You better have your name in there I'm telling you right now. And the dead were judged out of those things which were in the books. Amen. What you do on this side matters. It's coming up again. You're not done. You're going to give an account. And you better make sure you got a lawyer on that day and his name is Jesus. 
according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And the death and death and hell. Amen. When we talk about hell there, we're talking about the grave. That's what that means. Okay. Hell there means the grave. All right. Death and the grave delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged. Every man according to their what? Works. What you do matters. And death and hell, the grave, again, amen, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second what? Death. Who's it for? Look at verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What did he call the lake of fire? The second death. What does that simply mean? That means when you are put in <laughs> the lake of fire, when it's all said and done. Now, we're not talking about hell as the grave. Uh -uh. No, we're talking about hell <laughs> as in that place on fire. Reserved for the wicked. And he's telling you all y'all, he's telling you all of all, all who don't do right, you going into, you, you headed to the lake. You headed to the lake. Now that's death in scripture. Okay. So there, there's, there's two types of death in scripture. When we talk about death from the perspective of it being a final state. Now, when we talk about the way of death, okay, because when we go back to Deuteronomy and Jeremiah, we've been talking about the ways or the way of death, okay? Uh, in Jeremiah 21 and 8, we already read that one, amen, amen. He says, I put before you, set this way before you, life and death. And then Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof, the ways of death. And Proverbs 16, 25 echoes the same thing. Now. The way of death is summed up in those scriptures. Jeremiah 28, 1, Proverbs 14, 12, Proverbs 16, 25. The way of death is comprised of many avenues. Now, we talked about what death is in scripture, but now we're talking about the way of death, okay? The way of death is comprised actually of many avenues or paths for a person to take, okay? The paths are numerous in number, okay? There's a lot of them. But collectively, if you take them all together, they all together make up the single way of death, okay? Amen, amen. Because remember, in Proverbs, we talk about the ways of death. These are the choices that men make, that they decide to do that are contrary towards God. The, the, these, the, the ways of death. But Jeremiah 21 and 8 says that there is a way of death. There is a way. All of the ways when taken together culminate in the way. So all of the paths, all of the avenues culminate together in the way. All of them collectively are or can be considered the way of death. Now, the way of death in scripture does not necessarily mean or always refer to the physical or natural death, okay? Although 
to be fair, some choices can certainly lead to physical death. You can make some choices on this side that will end your natural life on this side in a flash. So there are some decisions. You can get with the wrong people doing the wrong thing, or you can undertake the wrong task and do be in the wrong place and do all these. And, and, and before you know it, you'll be pushed out of time and into eternity. So there are ways, there are things that you can choose, but the way of death in scripture doesn't necessarily nor always refer to the physical or natural side of death. However, the way of death in scripture does generally refer to eternal separation from God or spiritual death. In essence, the second death that's spoken of in scripture. Amen. So the way of death is comprised of multiple ways, many decisions that you can make on how to live can all lead you to death in the scripture. Or let me say it this way, will lead you to death in the scripture that is not necessarily the physical or the natural death, but it is always if you have not been redeemed, washed in the blood of the lamb. These avenues, these choices that you make that are contrary to God, They will take you down the path. Different and numerous in number. But all of them culminate in being the way that leads to eternal separation from God, the second death. To be eternally separated from God means that you will be placed in the lake of fire. Whether you go there or not, this harkens back to the very beginning. It's determined by what you choose today. And if you keep putting off your choice for a physical tomorrow, on this side, which may never come. That's the same as saying, Lord, I reject you. See, by not choosing, you're actually still making a choice. And that's not something that you want to do. Brothers and sisters, that's all for this morning. We'll pick this up next week. We talked about the, the way of death. And so next week we will talk about 
the way of life. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. And until next time, God bless. I'll stop the recording here. Wow.